You're listening to UX Podcast, a monthly podcast from Stockholm, Sweden, with James Royal Lawson and Per Axel, moving the conversation beyond UX. Okay, welcome back to part three of the UX Podcast. Uh, don't be evil with me, Per Axel, and me, James Royal Lawson. Okay, excellent. Uh, so, James, you were saying about uh, people that we're basically talking about a lot of lots of lots of people being T-shaped today. They have a broad. Uh, competence area but they're niched in some area where they're specialists sort of exactly and i think i mean i love that idea and i think it's of course i would love it because i'm i'm t-shaped because <laughs> i think i'm t-shaped um <clears throat> but i think it's quite unrealistic to expect everyone to be t-shaped they're not going to be so so what i've done i mean it's, it's really useful for an audio podcast and I've, I've written on the whiteboard in front of us here um a t but the 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 vertical bar is a person slightly separated from the top bar, which is a person. To, to illustrate that... Um, Two people can make a T. Exactly. Together you can make a T-shaped person. And that you have your, your specialist, and that specialist can be someone who isn't really good at articulating um, their knowledge or sharing their knowledge or mm. writing blog posts or doing whatever. So long as you have someone who can beat the bar across the top and pick up on that mm. and spread it and deal with it. Now, we can call these... Um, you know, community gardeners, um, or we can call them content creators, mm. um, or I even called them you know, sharers, or, or um, oh, there's a whole many different names. Yeah. You've got some different. You're sneezers, and you mavens say. and sneezers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tend to recommend my clients to find, try and find these people. Yeah, and make use of them. I mean, I say I because I call them super creators in, in one talk I've done that um, you know, for for a project to succeed, for a lot of collaboration, especially internally to succeed, you've got to have one or two of these type of people in mm. your in your group of people, or it's yeah. just going to die. It's not going to happen. Right. So, so you need to make teas if you can't find individuals who are teas. Right. Um, and that I think is is definitely the the, the next step with with search mm. um, or accepting that this is how it is. Right. Um, and these are the people you have to provide with the right tools so that they can, they can answer questions from the rest of the organization. And you can learn so much from these talking to these, these people as well. Mm. And in an organizational change, these are the people you talk to first, and perhaps they can help you make that change. Mm. Yeah. Or at least if you're an organization, you can make sure your website provides the, the vertical bar of the T, making it easy for whether it's PR people or, or peers within your industry to pick up on your products, content, knowledge, whatever, and, and share it. Yeah. So let's make a concrete recommendation for uh, our clients out there and people listening. Uh, how, to, how do we make content searchable, more searchable today than it has been before? Uh, let's talk about actually posting your content in several different channels, multi-channel. Let's talk about geotagging and Google Places and perhaps using even microformats uh, on your site. Yeah. We've, we haven't got time to go into all of those and the details <laughs> of all of them. But, um, <laughs> But it is crucial that you have this this spread. I mean, not to shoot totally wide about everywhere, but mm. but I think the detail of it. That um, microformats is something that like Google has been pushing now for a couple of years of a way of adding metadata to your content mm. to enable search engines to easier index it and mm. understand what it is. So this might be a, a well a recipe or a review or yeah. a, or a, a, a calendar map. I mean, lots, lots of people have seminars, and you can actually. In the code for the when you're presenting your seminar, you can actually tag it with the place where it is, and you have that means geocoding the the place where it is, and actually the time and date, and you can have people add it to their calendars automatically. The search engines aren't, aren't using aren't using this information 
really heavily yet in some aspects. Mm -hmm. I mean, Google has rolled out the recipes and the reviews and so mm -hmm. on, but but as far as the geolocation, mm -hmm. it's getting there, but it's going to be, you know, with the advent of mobile web now and the sheer millions of people that are using mobile devices, mm -hmm. it, it, it's going to be utterly crucial, that kind of thing, going forward. So there, you need to get into these things like geotagging microformats and, and um, yeah, they're technical and um, you've got to be accurate with them. You can't yeah. you can't fudge these because if you fudge them a little bit, they're wrong. They mm. don't get indexed. Mm. Um, but this, this is the kind of thing you need to do to help the search engines and help make it easier for your gardeners, creators, you know, sharers, all these other things to spread it. Um, I think you also need to know your audience um, and understand how people search. It's not just Google anymore. Like we've said in one of the earlier parts, that you're you're searching with a, a whole range of different tools depending whether you've got a, when you feel like you have a specialist um, task to solve. Um, Google dominates, of course, but yeah. um, it might be, an example I could give there would be if you've got a large organization in Sweden, for example, yeah. it could be that they've got maybe a, a, a more international or an IP address for their network, which Google sees as being American. Yeah. Um, so that when they sit there internally here in Sweden and surf, yeah. they get presented with Google.com. Yep. Not Google.se, hmm. but they're doing their Swedish searches in the American Google, and they're getting a completely different search result, as we demonstrated or talked about in, in part one of this. Now, yeah. You can get vastly different first page results. Absolutely. Um, so, so there, one thing I do is I, there's, a, there's a project from Mozilla, I've forgotten the exact name of it, there'll be a link on the, on the notes of this part, where, where I, add, um, I have different Googles in my searches, search um, providers in my browser, so I can switch quickly between different localities. Exactly, and then you can just learn about how different different search results actually can be. Yeah, and illustrate to customers or clients, this is mm. how it is. And do you understand how your clients are searching? Mm. Um, clean searches we talked, yeah. uh, we, we, we used as well. So you, you can use um, anonymizing Google searches that strip away all the cookies and everything else to make it more of a clean search. But you never get a purely clean mm. search because Google is doing so much to, to uh, personalize your results right. um, from from a location point of view even if you have stripped away all the cookies and history. Mm. You were saying there actually that I want to comment on Google is dominant. Mm -hmm. Yes it is but the way that people search I think has really changed and uh, one of the big aspects that I think everybody sees in their search results when they're looking at statistics is the fact that people are searching they know what they're searching for they know what site they're searching for I mean even you and I search on-site but using Google mm -hmm. But people also search for your company name. Just put in your company name, mm -hmm. expecting this first result to actually be your company site. And that, for me, is not a search engine result. Mm -hmm. That's not some. That's actually just a way of using Google as a card catalog. That's not a, a search engine uh, behavior, actually. Mm -hmm. I think. I, I also think brands as well now. Um, you right there to search for their, their mentions, but they need to network with their customers. Um, in order to influence their search results, yeah. because I've seen now is you know if, if you if you follow if you follow a brand on Twitter, mm. then their tweets are going to appear in your mm. personalized so, you know, search results, social search there. Um, so so it's crucial for a company to 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 have that connection, to have it a is. social circle, it to is. influence. Real time search is becoming so much more important, uh, also because as we were saying in part two, people are asking the same questions over and over, and if you're talking about your content and if you're out there. And proactive and finding the questions, then you'll be also seen in the search results. Yeah. So it's all about net networking with the subject area experts and the people asking, the people interested in your company. Yeah, creating that, you're basically trying to build up your own 
um, ring-fenced area of the internet. Yeah. Um, you're on a little island through social search and, and, and social networking. But I think this also highlights yet again about, and uh, we said don't be evil as the, as, the, as the title of this, that yeah, you've, got to, you, you've got to be good, you've got to be, you've got to be nice, you've, you've got to deliver, you can't, you can't now get away with being crap, with, being, you know, yeah. with not delivering, because people are going to do reviews, they're going to dish you with a social network and yeah. so on. We were, we're reaching that point of purity in that mm. honesty and quality is what mm. is going to win. So you should never worry about keyword stuffing and becoming penalized by Google, but you should worry never. about creating kick-ass content and actually you can't get away with being shit. No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another part finished. Yeah. And I hope you really liked it. So drop us a line, comment, do anything. Let us know if you've listened and uh, if you appreciate it or if you have any ideas for Something else you want us to talk about. Yeah. Um, thank you for today. James Roy Lawson and Pat Axelon. Bye. Checking out. You've been listening to part three of this UX podcast episode with freelance consultants James Roy Lawson and Pat Axelon. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit uxpodcast.com.